TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs at Tab. Comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We have four lines wide open. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. So feel free to get online, and we'll bring up some technology news here as we wait for your calls. But I also wanted to bring up something. I'm part of a uh, technology uh, advisory council for a community college, and uh, it was a very interesting meeting yesterday where the community college talks about uh, some of the uh, courses they're offering and looks for advice from other colleges and other folks in um, – the business world, whether it be companies like Travelers, Aetna, or what have you, and, my, and Tab, uh, for the kind of folks we're looking for. And they were all kind of bemoaning the fact that they cannot find students. Now, we at Tab are bemoaning the fact that we can't find employees. We've had open positions for quite some time at Tab. We can't find IT workers. Now, there's a lot of factors in Connecticut that make that harder. You know, no one's rushing here to live here. Um, but one of the aspects of this problem, I think, lies in the H-1B visa violations that we've talked about in the past. Companies like Infosys, um, it, you know, it's hard to look at your son or daughter and say, "Go work in IT," when you know Infosys is out there to have you replace them, like they do at Disney, and you end up taking American IT workers and having them train the Indians that are coming in with the H-1B visas to to, to replace their jobs. So it's a little bit of a difficult, oh, much lower wage because they're stuck working for for Infosys as indentured servants. So, and they can't work anywhere else. <laughs> they only can come in to work for the contract they were assigned to for that company. And if they get fired by the, well, for whatever reason that they can't work for that that outsourced uh, company, then they go back. <laughs> you can't work somewhere else. So I think part of our problem in getting IT workers is that these companies are allowed to abuse the H-1B visa system to replace American IT workers at a much lower cost. So how do you look at your son and daughter and say, hey, get involved in STEM with IT, knowing that these companies are allowed to do that? So along with the fact that it, it's hard, <laughs> IT work is not easy. It's a little complicated, a little hard. Uh, when you have that kind of effort you put into getting a degree in IT only to realize you're going to be training an Indian replacement, it's got to kind of beg the question, why should I get into IT? I have no problem with outsourcing, considering that's what TAB does, right? TAB outsources IT, right? But it's American IT workers, and we're hiring American IT workers, and you're not dealing with bringing in foreign workers in our case. So it's a little different. Um, we'd be happy to hire an American IT worker that we happen to just dis displace 
for our company. It doesn't work in the other way around. <laughs> You're displacing the IT worker. So I think that's part of the snag as far as getting people involved. Let's go to your calls again. You guys are starting to give us a ring, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. You're going to go to Jim in Suffield. Hey, Jim, what's up? Hey, Eric. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, great, great. Hey, I have a, uh, a Google Chromebook, yeah. Acer, and I had a modem, which died, and I had a router, which died, so I replaced it. They were like 10 years old. Of course. And I bought a, I bought a Netgear uh, AC1000 mm. and another Netgear modem. Wow. Um, I cannot see my NV, HP NV printer anymore through the Chromebook. And I can I can set it up through a tablet. I can set it up through a uh, Toshiba computer. I can set it up on the phone. I can see the printer, but the uh, Google Chromebook I can't see it anymore. I've gone. I, I'm using HP Smart as an app, right? And, it, and it's got some large boxes in there. And the scan box, the uh, uh, scan through clouds. There's a couple of things in there. They're kind of grayed out. Mm. But when I when I go to add the printer at the top, it says get started by adding printer. It will not see that printer. I used to be able to see it with it and using the other stuff. And I don't know whether it has something to do with the router that I've got in there now, the new the new uh, Netgear router. Hmm. Um, I've tried all kinds of stuff with this thing, and I, I just can't. It won't see it. Yeah, so you know it's physically connected properly because you can see it with the, the Windows-based systems. Yes, I can. It's, but it's the wireless aspect. Now, are you sure you didn't do anything with the print, the printer itself by turning off that wireless feature? It's it's a different flavor of wireless, right? It's not network wireless. It's this cloudy wireless that you're doing. Yeah. Um, are you sure you didn't turn that feature off on the printer? Um, boy, not that I know of. But that's where I, it can be controlled. Okay. Um, I would I would go to the device itself. Uh, it probably has a screen for you to work through. That's the Google Chromebook. No, on the printer itself. Oh, the printer. Yeah. Does it have any kind of interface for you to work on that physically to make sure that the wireless feature is turned on? Um, unless I look through the thing, you you can hook. The, I mean, you can hook the obviously hook the cable up to it, and and it'll work. But it works through a different kind of an application. Um, no, I know. I'm just thinking you've turned off the feature somehow of the printer being wireless because you've, you've got it working, quote-unquote, wireless for the network, I've but not it, the cloud wireless, wireless. Through Windows. I mean, I can see it through the Windows, the Samsung ta- the tablet that I have. and uh... That's a different wireless, okay. if, if that makes sense, um, because you're making the Chromebook talk to it through the app, which is, a, is interfacing differently than if you went just via IP, because Chromebook okay. doesn't have an operating system the way the right. way Windows does. It's a browser. So the, the the printer has to say, hey, I'm out here. See me as a printer. Do you have any ideas, Bob? Yeah. Um, I found this article from HP mm-hmm. about um, printing from a Chromebook. And it goes through several steps that you, could, that you can use specifically for the Chromebook to find it. Now, I don't know if it's going to help you or not. Did you do anything specifically like that, Jim, following instructions, or you just bang at it? Yeah, yeah, I've done stuff. I, the only thing I haven't done is set it up through the cloud. I don't know whether that's the I mean, I, the thing worked. I mean, it, it flawlessly worked with the, the Linksys router, and I forget what the modem, or the modem I had on here before. Yeah. And, but now when I bought this new equipment... Um, you could have somehow blocked it. it. You could have well, blocked it. I'm wondering the... if it's blocked with the new router, the new technology on the router. I don't know. Yeah, but it's a. It's not gonna. We I mean, shouldn't care about printing, um, web printing. So I, I don't think the router would care. 
Um, I'm trying to think of how you can test it without the router. Hey, can you, the old router died, you said. Oh, yeah, the router. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it died because I couldn't. I, I, when I bought the new, I, bought, I went out and I bought a new modem. I brought, came home with the modem, and I had to call Cox up to, so they could make, you know, wave their magic wand. Hmm to turn that, you know, recognize it. So when I did that, I still couldn't, then I still could, then I didn't have the internet and I'm thinking, okay, the router's 10 years old. Right. I might as well just go buy a new router and get up to, you know, get it up to snuff. So I went out and bought a new router and, um, you know, I had, then I got the internet. Yeah. Then so I got everything connected up to it except for this. Have you uninstalled, uh, the HP smart printer driver from your Chromebook? Yes. So you get the yeah, latest one. That. Then I then I actually looked at to see somebody somebody you know some of the articles that were on there go get a uh, a certificate. But I, you know I, I went through all of those steps. Yeah, how hard should it be? And to save it, and I couldn't save it. There's no option to save. Yeah, but you can't see it through the app. The app can't see it. You can't see the printer. But if I you know it, through the window stuff, it sees it. Can you my phone and a tablet? Can you print the settings that the printer has? You know, through the printer's interface. In other words, you should be able to have, uh, print a configuration page. Yeah, to confirm that that wireless feature is to see what it active. see what everything is. And the other uh, thought that yeah, I did that. Hang on, let me just see if I can find it here quickly. The other thought, Jim, is: Are you sure? I'm going to ask this question: Are you sure you're connecting your Chromebook to your network, <laughs> and you're not connecting well, to a neighbor? The Chromebook is connected to the internet because I'm using it browsing. So yeah. unless you're but is it your network? Is it, is it your network, or is it somebody else's? No, it's mine. Are you I'm, sure? I'm kind of... There's nobody around me okay. where I am. Right. Um, yeah, right. I've got the configuration. I've got the wireless network test results configuration page. Gotcha. But again, um, it's not quite wireless the way you're thinking of wireless. It's, it is wireless, but it's, again, you're connecting through an app, which goes back out and back in. Um, I don't think it sees the device specifically. I think it exits and enters versus a nice hard IP connection. Um, that you would get um, by using an operating system. Um, so you think I should try setting it up through the cloud then? Yeah. Um, okay. I think, you're, I think you should try that to see if maybe that's your, your issue. How long has it been since this has ever worked? Bef you know, has it been months, years, days? Oh, no, no. It was about a month. About a month or a month and a week ago, five weeks ago, I bought the new equipment. I've, I've just been going through crazy stuff here with this thing. Yeah, I would try, blame your printer. I would blame your printer and the app um, for not communicating because you know it works on the Windows side of things. Right. Yeah. It does. So it's something with Chrome, um, and or the app that you're using for the printer, and or the features turned off for ha to have you use wireless in this way for the printer. That's my thinking. I bet you it's something silly like that. Like it turned it off. You flipped a switch. Yeah. In the config of the printer, saying I don't want to, I don't want to print this way, or I don't want to enable this feature. Yeah. Okay. But, so it doesn't. It just doesn't see. It. Let me try. Let me try. Let me try that then. Let me let me set it up with the cloud and see if it will. Yeah. See if it'll work. Because I don't like putting any. I don't like saving anything out there. Well, see, the other thing is they could they could have changed something so that you know HP wants to see what you're printing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like Alexa. Exactly. I mean, all these all these companies. I mean, who knows? I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. I wonder what Jim's printing today. Oh, it's the uh, he's doing some sort of pool yeah. there. It's a yeah. Game of Thrones pool. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so. I'll give it a try. All right, Jim. Let me know. Hey, um, can you get off the phone for two seconds for me? Can I get, I get off, off the, the radio for about three seconds? Not sure what you, you mean. Want to talk to you in private for a second? Uh, no. Well, it doesn't, oh. doesn't work that way. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You can always email me at gethelpatabbing.com. No. You, you, I mean, you, you know who I am. I think I do. 
Yeah, Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Good, good. Yeah, I retired in uh, 2013, so. Oh, you're enjoying life. Yeah, how's TJ? TJ's good. Okay, say hi to him for me. <laughs> I will, Jim. I'll catch you. Yeah, bye bye. bye. Uh, yes, we worked with him a long time ago. Um, yeah, unfortunately, no, I can't take private calls while we're on a live radio show. They'd frown upon that, I think. We're going to go uh, be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. I'd love to hear your feedback and what you feel about you know, recommending your children get into the IT biz. Uh, is my theory about outsourcing something that does give you pause, uh, considering how H-1B visas are abused and uh, we're replacing American IT workers all the time with these H-1B visa workers at a fraction of the cost. And somehow that, that's got to stop um, because it really is kind of a, a disincentive to take your kid and send him through a, you know $150,000 worth of college only to find out you're going to be replaced by some Indian and Infosys. It, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. It's not cool. And uh, if the H-1B visa rules were changed, I think – more folks should get into this business because it's it can be lucrative. You can do very well as an IT worker, right? As long as you know you're not going to get replaced. <laughs> it's just not cool. All right, let's step by a quick break. We'll be right back. And we are back. Hey, don't forget, Todd Feinberg, he's at the Capitol fighting for tolls. Actually, not fighting for tolls. Fighting tolls. <laughs> Nobody's fighting for tolls. Oh, there's a couple dinglings fighting for tolls. But most of us are fighting tolls because we already give these folks in the capital billions of dollars. They want a billion more from us every day just to get to work. Well, we got the bridge trolls fighting for tolls. Yeah. <laughs> so Todd's at the capital of the rally. So if you got something you want to do to get be a part of this, go ahead and join Todd and uh, fight the tolls. They've another billion out of our pockets um, every year. It and it's not coming from New York and New Jersey, guys. I, it I mean, won't be out of my pocket. No, you're out of here. <laughs> I know. Gone. That's another. We're going to lose another one. Let's go to Ray in Simsbury. Hey, Ray. Good morning. Morning. Love your show. Thanks, Thanks for all you do. Oh, my pleasure. About five or six months ago in the fall, I installed a new update to Windows 10. And I don't think, coincidentally, the following day, my hard drive failed. Oh. Stopped. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but I Googled it, and it seemed like there were a lot of other people that had the same problem. I forgot which which version I went from to, but it was you know like 1602 to 1643. I I don't remember. Doesn't matter. My question's simple. I yeah. think some time ago I heard you guys mention a couple of companies that do data recovery. Yes. I I have. Back, most of the files on that PC were backed up on several hard drives, USB hard drives, Good. and also to Carbonite. Mm -hmm. But what I miss is I had the entire drive organized very much to my liking. Yeah. <laughs> and the um, plug-in hard drives are not organized similarly. They just, you know, when I think of it, I back, back up stuff. Yeah. And... Re, trying to recreate that, I ended up buying a new PC. The other one was seven years old, and I yep. think I heard you guys say that's kind of a good time to get a new computer. So yes. I bought a new Dell, love it, got a solid-state drive and, nice. and a terabyte rotating drive. But I've spent a lot of time trying to recreate the organization I had, but trying to download or cross-load from 
download from Carbonite or crossload from the USB drives. It's just taken me forever. Do you have a recommendation or two for a company that um, restores data off of hard drives and a, just a ballpark idea of what it costs? All right, yes. So the answer is yes, we have a recommendation, and it's going to be expensive. Um, the company is called Kroll on track, K-R-O-L-L, on track, and we've recommended it and used it professionally uh, quite often uh, for folks who you know lost data that they thought they had backed up. Um, the problem is it's going to cost you 100 bucks to find out how much it's going to cost you. And once they determine you know your problem, the failure, and what they have to do to recover it, it's not the volume of data that is the expense. It's the difficulty of the recovery. So it depends on how the drive has failed. And in some cases, they have to take your drive, buy a, pr- a same exact drive, go into a clean room, take the platters out of your busted drive, and put the plat and break a perfectly good drive, put the platters in the drive in the clean room, and then spin it up. That's that's expensive. Um, it all depends on how how your drive has failed. So it could cost you seven hundred to three thousand dollars, or are you, I've, we've seen higher. Okay, yeah. I think you've. You've answered my question. <laughs> I'm, I am now retired, and my time is free, and I can spend the time since I have the data. It's reorganized. I think, I think I've got most all the data. Yeah. Um, I can somehow just spend the time and do it. All right. That that number. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Seven hundred to three thousand. Oh yeah. Even at seven hundred, it's expensive. But uh, yeah, and a hundred to find out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very fine. Thank you. Uh, uh, did you ever hear of such a thing happening with a, with an update to Windows? No. A drive failure. We have, and I think that's coincidental. What do you okay. think, Bob? No, I'm seeing all sorts of them here. You are? Yeah. I still think it's coincidental. There's no... Oh, I was definitely... No, it wasn't. No. Uh, I, I, you know, you know our feeling about Microsoft. I hope that they would not have a problem where they would damage the drive after an upgrade to Windows 10. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm just going to say whatever you're seeing is anecdotal. I hope. I mean, even I don't want to believe that's the case with Microsoft. Did you find a good link? You're putting it up there now, aren't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, that one. Latest Windows update killed my hard drive. Disk is corrupted and unreadable. So <laughs> that is different. That's not a failure. Um, they did have a problem with Windows updates deleting data. And and that's just, again, back to Microsoft. We've talked about that on the show before. It didn't fail the drive, though. Um, there was a fix to it. So if, you're, if, you're, if your drive is not failed, which it's not, in that instance that Bob just posted to me across the, the system here, then you're fine. But your drive has failed, right, Ray? As best I can tell, I, I removed it from the, from the PC and plugged it in. I have a USB converter. Yeah. Um, I plugged it into that and went into my wife's desktop, which is a fairly new Dell, and it it would not. I couldn't read it. Nothing. Yeah. When I say it failed originally, what happened was after the Windows update, uh, that you needed to restart the computer. So I turned. I completely turned it off. I didn't just do restart. I turned it off, waited five or ten minutes, and when I turned it back on again, it wouldn't boot up. And these and these posts that Bob showed me were back in this is a twenty eleven representation. Yeah, I this is a way back. <laughs> but uh it says some things that you can do to try to fix it, provided it hasn't failed. My question is if you take the drive and you shake it, do you hear any <laughs> rattling? <laughs> don't drop it. No. no. Okay, you don't hear any rattling. No. So the other thing I would suggest is take it, 
and put it into a clear plastic bag. Okay. And put it in your freezer overnight. Oh. And uh, then take it and see if it'll see if you can fire it up. And if that doesn't work, obviously thought out first. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, put you it want in cold. It cold. Really? That's why you're making it cold. There's nothing obvious about IT stuff. Nothing's obvious. Don't assume anything's obvious. Logic is gone. We started with logic. Now it's gone. There's no more logic. <laughs> Nothing is logical at all. Well, I'm an electrical engineer by training, and uh, I, I have dried things out using rice. Oh, yeah. My boss leaned over, and his uh, cell phone fell out of his shirt pocket into the oh. toilet bowl. Ooh. And uh, we got that working again. Yeah. Well, you can freeze your drive. That has worked. Freeze my drive. Okay. But you gotta, if it's a physical issue, it's going to adjust that, that just enough, shrink it just enough, and maybe it'll work for you. Cool idea. I had <laughs> one, no of my, one of my IT, IT buddies suggested beating it lightly with a rubber hammer while <laughs> it's trying to boot up. Well, you can do that after you try the freezing. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't try that because it sounded like a, a very bad idea. Yeah, well, believe but it or I'll, not, I'm sure it worked for him. <laughs> All right, we got to go, Ray. Okay, I'll try your idea. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Four lines open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. we got a couple lines open for you. We're in the final stretch here. We're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Uh, everything we posted, everything we talked about has been posted over at computertalkwithtab.com or the old-fashioned uh, Facebook site there over at Tab Computer Systems. Um, we've got one call in right now. Bill, hang on one second. I just want to bring up this quick news article. So, Sonos is a pretty popular speaker system, right? And uh, they are fighting a complaint here uh, in the UK. The privacy watchdog there is arguing that basically if you don't click to allow Sonos to track everything you're listening to, they won't update the firmware on the, on the uh, speakers. <laughs> so UK has some pretty strict privacy laws, much stricter than, than America. Um, when it comes to what these companies can and cannot collect from their customers. And so there's now a complaint in there that basically when you agree to plug in these speakers from Sonos, you're saying, all right, yeah, Sonos, you can go ahead and collect everything I'm doing, whatever I'm playing, and and, and UK saying, you know, it's probably not cool. And the thing is, if you don't accept this uh, request from Sonos to collect everything, they won't update your speakers. <laughs> So eventually they may not work because the technology will fail because you're not updating the iOS. Isn't that great? So we'll put a link up here for you to see what's going on with these companies. But for some reason, they sure want to watch everything we're doing and then sell it back to us. And just like the song goes, we're the commodity, <laughs> right, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> you want to Bill in Berlin. Hey, Bill, what's up? Oh, good morning. Well, that was an interesting news item, huh? I'll put it up there for you. Mr. Orwell, oh goodness! Oh yeah. Um, well, so on a lighter note, yeah. Uh, so here's, I I did something I hadn't done for long. I kept running out of disk space on my uh, laptop. I'm a single solopreneur type kind of character, yeah. and um, I, I decided I was getting more lazy than than anything else. But I figured I'd buy one of these network accessible drives from. Uh, can I mention the company? Yeah, sure. Synology. And okay. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, like oh my god. Yeah. And but. It suddenly occurs to me, 
you know, with all these viruses running around and all, if something infects my machine, does it also affect and in, infect my backup? It can. A, oh, great. I figured as much. If they can listen, they can infect you, right? But what, <laughs> no. What, well, what, I, I, there's a corollary there somewhere. But, so, so what do you guys recommend? And by the way, I'm so sorry to hear you're leaving the state. I mean, goodness. Well, I hope it remotely. Not me. Not me yet. I'm I'm no, still no, no, stuck I don't here. No, but well, you know, even so. Um, but it, what do you recommend for people who say, okay, I want the convenience of backup, and I've invested in getting this nice little you know network accessible drive system. We always get it's beautiful and it works wonderful. But how do I protect myself from you know suddenly like a ransomware situation or something where I go, oh, dumb, I've right. got all this stuff backed up, but I can't get at it. What What are your thoughts or recommendations? I'm sure I can't be alone. You're not. Um, so you got to make sure that device is not seen as a map drive. Uh, there's that. And you got to back up the device itself. You're probably going to see it as a map drive because it's the easiest way to configure NAS devices. So we're not going to try to talk you into how yeah. to configure it. The idea being you need a backup of your of your NAS. So I've been right. trying to convince my brother of this for a long time. I've got a NAS in my house, and I'd like to back it up to his house. Right for this exact reason, um, mm-hmm. because I am just as susceptible as you are. Because except my NAS is backing up my system. You actually have live data on it. You're not backing up your NAS, right? Your NAS right. actually has live data, so you don't have a backup of your NAS. My NAS is a backup of my machine, but it's still well, susceptible actually, to the yeah, same yeah, problem. No, no, that, that, that's I, I've got archived stuff there because it just got too big for my machine, so yeah. I dumped everything for the most part except working files. And kept that on my main laptop, but everything else is sitting on the NAS. So right. yeah, that's and I go get. Is files. it is it mapped, or you just navigate to it? Uh, I've got to call it up, and you know I, I I'm on a Mac, so it's like go to go find server, and I find the servers, and it's and then it logs in, and that's how I get in. I'm not sure with a drive letter. Map. Um, it identifies the. Yeah, I've got three different sub drives yeah. on the on the NAS. So it's mapped. And, and it, yeah, so it's probably mapped. Now here's what you do. Then the easiest thing to do. I'm pretty sure the Synology has a way to back up the NAS. So you can go out and buy an inexpensive USB hard drive, right? And right. Pl- plug it into the Synology, and there's a backup routine that you can kick off to back it up. And technically, I should take my own advice because I'm just as susceptible as you are, even though my NAS is a backup. Um, to having it encrypted uh, if I get hit with something. But I'm really trusting uh-huh. a lot of my security that I'm not going to be hit with something, but I still, you know, famous last words, yeah. I should back yeah. it up too. So the right way to do it is to buy a large external USB drive, and you should go and run the Synology's most likely got a, a, a utility that will allow you to back it up. So you plug in the USB drive into the Synology, and they say it's a yep. you know eight terabyte USB drive, and then disconnect it and put it away. And now you're you're air gapped, as it were. Okay, so the so let's uh, I think the the workable size on this thing now is like seven terabytes, and I'm probably using about one, you know, for, for oh. actual files. But um, so, so get a two terabyte so drive. I, I'm sorry. So get okay. a two terabyte drive. Oh, that's all, and then just hit it in there occasionally, and then pull it off, and then if yeah. anything does go wrong, it, it's it's got a a, a broken. You know, level at which the, the as long as the original data on the new drive is okay, if anything happens to the other one, I can always still go in and back it up from the new. So we've kind of come full circle. Then we, I was on all these external, you know, uh, drives to try and back up and dump data. Now I've 
I thought, well, I got a great solution, but then I went, wait a minute, now I've also got a new vulnerability. So right, so you just, really you, you go by yeah by by an external USB drive to plug into the Synology and run the yep. utility that backs it up to that drive, and only need to get the size of a drive that covers your amount of data on the NAS. Right, so uh, don't don't leave that connected. Don't make it run automatically. Run it on demand periodically per some schedule. Is that correct? Right, and then disconnect it. Okay. That way, and it's not going to be hit. Right. So I, I get. That. So even if I were to do a, a secondary backup f- from the NAS to the cloud someplace, mm-hmm. it still runs the risk of contamination all the way through the system. Then. Um, no. Well, so if you moved it off to the cloud, that's a, that's an offsite backup that'll give you some ability to recover. So that's a good option too if you wanted to do that. There are yeah, I, I, again with our my solution with my brother, I'm trying to synchronize our NASs. If you would buy one for crying out loud, uh, to, to his house being in the cloud, right? That'd be my cloud. Uh, you're going to send it to some data center, um, yeah. and that works too. That way, it's off off your system. So if you get hit with crypto, your NAS is is corrupt and everything's locked down. You still have your offsite backup. That's why offsite backup is valuable. All right, that may make sense because you know that now I'm thinking like physical damage or something like a fire flood or whatever. But yes, there's always something. And boy, I'll tell you, you never run out of redundancy, do you? That's what the pilots like to say. I'm an old pilot, so oh. yeah, it never hurts to have an extra parachute when you need one, right? I agree. Why would then? Why would Boeing only put one uh, of those little sensors then on their plane and charge them extra for it? There, there are many mysteries in the universe. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it baffles me and a lot of other people. But yeah, you know, well, it's going to cost a billion. We live with them, or we die with them. Ah, literally. Unfortunately, some did. Yeah, it's sad. All right, Bill. Thank you for the call. Thank you, sirs. All Have right. a good one. You too. Bye bye. Yeah. All right. Now all you guys are calling in. We've like got 15 minutes left of the show, and you're filling the board full of calls. Bob and I were twiddling our thumbs 45 minutes ago, right, Bob? Yep. <laughs> Let's go to Alan Glastonbury. Hey, Al, what's up? Oh, yes. Uh, I have uh, internet access to uh, a a bank account and to a credit union account. Nice. But I never use it. All right, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, and what I really want to do is to disconnect it. You want to tell the bank that you don't want to use the uh, account, or do you have it configured on your computer already? Well, you're way ahead of me. Uh-oh. <laughs> so when you said you had those things, do you not really have those things, or you have them available to you? Well, if, if I want to, I can access my, uh, my bank account, mm. and I can use it for banking if I wanted to. Right. But I don't use it. And you haven't set it up? I have it set up. Oh, you do. What I want to do is to disconnect it. So you call the bank and tell them? I don't want to have this access or this ability. Oh, 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 oh. They might say they might start giving you weird answers as to why, but and they may not be able to turn off the ability. But you can ask them. Okay. Well, I obviously that's how little I know about these things, but in some way or another uh, I had had set up this access some time ago. Right. And and as I say, but but and I assume I did it on the computer, not through the bank. Probably. But what you're saying is that I need to contact the bank. I think you would because they're going to make it easy. They want to make it easy for you to move money around electronically, right? Um, which is great. But um, unfortunately, there's a lot of risks, and there's a lot of risks even in the apps these days. There's an article about tons of these banking apps that were written by the B team that are not doing a good job encrypting data. 
uh, on these transfers. So you think your phone app is really safe, and it may not be. Um, I didn't bother bringing that up as an article, but it's another thing to be aware of. These, Unfortunately, these companies are hiring a lot of programmers that don't really think about the security of a thing. They think about the connectivity of a thing and how they can make it easy. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, as I say, I, I guess that, uh, the all the all the conversation about uh, you know someone else getting access to my accounts mm. has really got me thinking in terms of uh, if I don't use it, right. then better to get rid of it. I like your theory. What what, pa- <laughs> what password? Yeah. What password did you use when you set it up? What password did I use? Yeah. I can't tell you. That. Oh, good, good, good. We're on the right track. <laughs> that was my fish. I was fishing you, spear fishing you directly. Out. Okay, well, you guys, you know, you do, you do a great job. I think I, I you've been on the air for what twenty four twenty yes. four years. I had a lot more hair when we started. Well, and I think that the I called you once before when you first started talking about flip phones. Ah, flip phones. So that's how far back that goes. But more importantly, now, so I'm going to get in touch with the bank good and luck. the credit union. Yeah, good luck. Let us know how it goes. I'm curious to hear how that conversation goes. Okay, thanks so much. All right, Al. Yeah, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, my bank charges me for my paper statement. Thank you very much. There's service for you. You're charging me to tell you what I got in the account. Come on. They want you to download it now. I know they do. Um, Do I have to take a break, Joe, or am I continuing? Going through? I'm going to take a quick break. We get to your calls. Bill and Rich, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. I'm not sure I know this one, Joey, but I, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with your your taste. Uh, we're going to get right to your calls. We're going to go to Bill on the cell phone. He's got a question. Hey, Bill. Bill, you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's up, sir? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, so I've uh, I have a cut the cord question. Sure. And and uh, I cut the cord a while ago and been sufficing with Netflix and Amazon Prime. Yeah. But I recently uh, found. Uh, a website that allows me to watch, to live stream TV, and especially things like golf and tennis. Uh-huh. But when I when I try to go to that website on the smart TV, mm-hmm. it's smarter, and it won't let me go there. It says that it's not configured or some such thing like that, and I wondered if you knew if there was a way around that. Well, if you're going to get TV... Through a site like that USA Twenty Four thing, is that the one you're talking yeah. about, Bill? Yeah, yeah. That's a comp- yeah. that's a site out of Panama. Yeah. So it's probably not legit. I'll yeah. tell you, it's 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 not legit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can pretty okay. safely say it's probably not legit. Yeah. yeah. So you shouldn't be doing that. Um, I mean. Eventually, they're just going to turn that ability off, or they're going to come and knock on your door the way they did with Napster and 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 hit you yeah. with a copyright suit or something. I don't know what they're going to do, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be playing around in sites like that. Technically, as far as I'm concerned, that's the dark web, right? You're you're being yeah. baited to watch something on their website, and I wonder why they would do that for free, Bill. Are they just nice folks in Panama? They just love well, Bill, yeah. and they want to get you something free, or do they want to maybe load something on your computer? I don't know. What yeah, might I will take your advice and yeah. and, uh, and be done with it. Anything yeah, free yeah. like that, you know, you just got to think they're they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. Yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of technology to spin up free, you know, yeah. material like that. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate that. I really like your show. Thanks. I, you know, I, I would know half of what you talk about when I listen, but I listen every Saturday. Well, we appreciate that, and our, the sponsors appreciate that, and my wife appreciates that, because when I go back home, she's like, oh, another Saturday morning, huh, hon? So uh, yeah. we, we all appreciate it. Bob appreciates it. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> you do a great job. Have a great day. You too. See you later. Bye-bye. All right. Let's yeah, if guys, if you're going to these sites, I mean there I can't like, there's so many college kids out there that are stealing movies, computer games, they're doing they're doing it from torrent sites, they're doing it in the dark web. These places are loading things on your computer besides the free content. There's not some hacker out there just happily giving you the movie. He's giving you a little extra. I guarantee it. You're going to get a little extra with that free video you just downloaded, a little extra with that game, because there's more to it than just offering you the content, guys. You know, putting a nice Trojan on your computer at the same time, that's where the money is. Or putting a crypto miner on your machine there, or some sort of malware that makes you click on stuff for them to make money on your, you know, for advertising. That's what they're loading. (laughs) So. Obviously, I mean, they're giving you the candy, but you're taking it and you're getting more than you think. So let's go to Rich and I I would contend. Now, maybe you're going to find that one site where I'm wrong, but I bet you that's why it's that's why they're giving it to you. Let's go to Rich and Nagadak. Hey, Rich. Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on? Hey, with uh, reference to uh, the earlier call- caller that was just done, he was talking about the uh, external uh, hard drive backup and he was concerned about a vulnerability and such with it. Yeah. I thought maybe you guys could uh, educate me a little bit, but also uh, I think him, he would benefit from, let's talk about, uh, or have you guys talk about, um, you know, usefulness of BitLocker. Um, I have Windows uh, 10 Pro, and and I do use that on mine, uh, although I have to say that I don't know how wonderful or not it is. It hasn't posed a problem for me yet. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, regarding the backup uh, aspects to it, um, I think it's worthy to discuss maybe whether a differential or an incremental backup and how that taking up space and maybe advantages, disadvantages to each. And yeah. I'll hang up and I'll let you guys rock and roll, okay? All right, Rich. Thanks. Thanks very much. Yeah. So BitLocker um, is a tool that encrypts your hard drive um, when it's not turned on, when it's at rest, data at rest, so that you need to put in a password when your machine boots up. Right, Bob? So uh, so if you leave your laptop on your car, like if the state of Connecticut leaves a laptop on – oh, they don't – that's right. They don't encrypt their laptops. Uh, if you happen to leave your laptop on your car and there's important data on it and you've got an encryption set up on the laptop and the bad guy you know, breaks your car window and steals your laptop, he can't see any data on it because you've encrypted it with BitLocker, data at rest. Um, so it's a good thing to have if you're worried about that kind of theft. The moment you bring your laptop up and log in, now the data is viewable. Right, so you could still be hit with ransomware. You can still have people have key loggers on the system and steal data that way. Um, it only protects you from when the machine is at rest. As far as backups, incremental versus um, uh, we got incremental and, and differential and all those different and flavors of backup backups. and full backups. I like full backups, um, but in my case, of course, with the NAS at home, I'm doing. Uh, a full, I think, on Monday, and then differential through the rest of the week, and then I re- redo a full on Monday again. It just makes the backup go quicker. But aren't, I would have to reconstitute it. As aren't I you doing recover. like the image backups, where it just uh, basically it creates the image and then updates the image? So, right. Yeah. 
And that's so it's a little different than what it used to be. Correct, but it is incremental. I'm not doing a full image every time. Correct. Um, but then if you have a failure, you have to reconstitute those images into backwards into the full to get everything back. Right. Um, if you can do a full backup daily, that's the great best way because you'll always have the way to get back with the one backup, but it does take up more space. Um, well, the disadvantage could be the time it takes uh, exactly, running time. a full backup. If it takes more time than you have available, right. then you know you're kind of locked into doing incrementals. Right. So it's, it's a it's a balancing act. Um, most most backup approaches mix them together, and um, you know with the image based systems that we use for our corporate clients, we're doing backups hourly that roll up into dailies, that roll up into weeklies, that roll up into monthlies, that roll up into years, so we can go back in time, you know, in some cases, full years plus, um, and get uh, specific files back very easily. Um, for home use, it gets a little complicated. So I would do a full on a Monday and then incrementals the rest of the week and then back to full on a Monday. That's what I would do. Um, everything we talked about today has been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. Mike G posted it live. Uh, so feel free to go check it out. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you follow us at tab computer systems and, uh, you like us, it'll get into your news feed, uh, over there. And if you follow us on Twitter at tab computer Sys, it'll get there as well. So plenty of ways for you to get the information. Uh, stop by and see Todd. He's at the state Capitol fighting tolls for us. Um, join him. Please, <laughs> unless you want a billion dollars taken out of your pocket every year. Further, on top of the gas and the uh, gross receipts tax, he's out there fighting for us. And uh, Dr. Les, he's up next. He's in the green room with Healthy Rounds coming in live. So uh, it's going to be a great day here at WTIC. Stick around. Thank you very much. Have, see you next week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.